You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. The Cassini Orbiter out at Saturn doing that amazing mission. It's been 20 years since it was actually launched. Mm -hmm. It took seven years to get out there. Arrived in 2004 and has been in orbit ever since and just providing a, an amazing insight into that Saturnian system. It's discovered vents on Enceladus. It's found lakes, uh, ethane and methane lakes, the only place, uh, other place apart from Earth where there's liquid on the surface of another body. That's on Titan. But they are at the very end of their mission. It's called the Grand Finale. They've just completed their fourth close flyby. There's another three to go mm-hmm. before the end of the mission. And yep. that last one, the dip between the inner edge of the rings and the cloud tops of the planet mm-hmm. will actually see it deliberately go so deep in the atmosphere that it can't recover. They're going to try to get as much information, all the instruments send and the antenna will be t- pointing and trying to send back in real time yep. because they won't have the luxury of storing on the recorder mm-hmm. and then sending back when it suits them. Mm-hmm. The spacecraft will be destroyed and burn up in the atmosphere. That's on the 15th of September. So the last orbit that they've just done, the, the fourth in the countdown to the final, they've done some good science. They've used the ultraviolet imaging spectrograph to observe Saturn's northern aurora. They've used the composite infrared spectrometer to observe temperatures in Saturn's south polar vortex. They've used the visible and infrared mapping spectrometer to stare at Saturn's south polar auroral region to produce a mosaic. So all of those instruments are doing amazing stuff. You can go to the website, you can just go to nasa.gov or you can go to the Cassini dedicated website. We'll post links to that on our, our own program website, beyondinfinity.com.au. Now, Elon Musk's been in the news a lot lately. We were talking about what he was saying about AI, and particularly he's had some some pretty strident remarks to make about AI and the perceived dangers that he feels exist. He's actually lobbying lawmakers in America to legislate, to mm-hmm. control AI, to make sure it doesn't get out of control. Mm-hmm. Last week, we gave the example of Terminator 2, yeah. the, the rise of the machines and Skynet and all that sort of stuff, and even the director of that film, James Cameron, came out recently and said that he, was con- he had con- serious concerns about how his science fiction Fiction, becoming the, more the, fact the every plot day. of that movie yeah. which was made 1991 I think it was yeah. is proving to be a bit scarily close to the truth with this development of AI now a bunch of scientists have actually come out and written a letter to the United Nations urging them to ban the development of autonomous weapons. So weapons that permit armed conflict to be fought at timescales faster than humans can comprehend. Mm. be very difficult. There's a bunch of of leading lights of the tech world and the robotics world. So it's interesting that these two groups of people with, in some cases, very heavy vested interests in seeing the development of this sort of thing, combining Mm. robotics with AI, this is the first time that that, uh, a group of them have actually come together and said, well, no, we really do believe that there are risks mm. and that the UN should ban this as lo- along with like things like banning chemical weapons yeah. because they think that if, if something isn't done about this by an organisation like the UN, an international uh, organisation, then you'll have basically an arms race. Yeah. You know, once it starts happening, I mean, it's already sort of it's happening, happening in a way with drones. Yeah. But it happens but in if, the backyard. If you develop soldiers that are, that are robotic that have the ability to decide whether or not to apply fatal lethal mm-hmm. force, then that, that's a whole different ball game. So just some of the, the significant signatories on this letter to the UN, Mustafa Suleiman, he's the co-founder and head of Applied AI at Google's DeepMind Technologies in the UK, Elon Musk, founder of SpaceX and OpenAI, 
Toby Walsh. He's the Scientia Professor of Artificial Intelligence at the University of New South Wales. And he's actually featured in the program that's been on the ABC recently called AI. Mm. Uh, I watched it on Catch Up last night. It may still be available on uh, ABC Catch Up. He's come out pretty strongly against it. He's got some serious reservations. And Esbend Östergaard, who's founder and CTO of Universal Robotics in Denmark, and Joshua Benjigo, leading deep learning expert and founder of Element AI in Canada, and Jerome Monceau, founder of Alderbaran Robotics in Switzerland. So all of these people have come out, put their names on a letter to the UN, insisting that this be controlled and curtailed. Just moving on with the news before I hand over to John, a smartphone can be used for a bunch of different things. There are now little add-ons that can be plugged in often to the microphone jack on your smartphone and then they come with an app usually and some of the things they can do, they can detect poisonous metals with a paper strip. They can diagnose eyeworm with a smartphone microscope Mm. in Africa. They can confirm malaria, again, something that's very useful in Africa. Instead of having to send off samples to a big lab with expensive machinery with Mm -hmm. time delay and stuff, they can actually confirm the existence of malaria in a patient with a clip-on microscope that attaches to a smartphone. They can monitor Ebola. They can even do testing for antibiotic resistance in killer Mm. bugs using smartphones with these add-ons. So some really good stuff there. Just finally from me before I pass over to John. NASA, because it's it's wanting to get to Mars and it's wanting to improve its its propulsion technologies, it's actually going back to a project it had in the 50s, 60s and 70s with Freeman Dyson, who was one of the Los Alamos people who developed the atom bomb originally. They're going back to look at how nuclear thermal propulsion technologies can be used in deep space exploration. Mm-hmm. We'll post some links to this. There's a great book which I've read myself called Project Orion by George Dyson, who's Freeman Dyson's son. There's also some YouTube videos where he describes his father's work it looks like nasa's going back and revisiting some of that uh, nuclear technology they developed in the past john yeah australian authorities are hoping to uh, make it more difficult for you to pirate movies tv shows online Mm. there's uh, been two separate cases in the courts in the federal courts and they've basically ruled that internet service providers and major telecoms need to block a total of 59 websites and 127 domains so this includes uh, different pirate providers including the pirate bay and lime torrents mega share project free tv TV, watch series, put locker and go movies. So pretty much all the well-known ones yep. will be blocked. Unfortunately for those who are trying to protect this, it's going to be somewhat easy to circumvent, but we might see a small decline in the short term anyway. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, if you're on the NBN and your speeds aren't what they should be, this is particularly with the fibre to the node system, the box at the end of your street, which connects them to the you know, copper line to your house. Yep. If you're finding that you're not hitting the speeds that you expected, you might be entitled to a refund if you're with either Optus or Telstra. Basically, they're saying that if you're not getting what uh, you expected, then uh, we will provide that refund. So head to their websites or make a call to them and, uh, and follow up on that because... It is a big problem, the MBN, with not being able to achieve the speeds that Mm. they're selling to you, particularly with that fibre to the node system, Mm. which there are just a a significant amount of problems that are coming out of Mm. that. Cost-cutting measure that seems to have its uh, fundamental limitations for the network. That's, yeah. This is only in America, unfortunately not available here just yet, Uh, but uh, Netflix's co-founder purchased MoviePass back in 2016 and it's a subscription service which allows you to see one movie per day in theaters for just ten dollars per month. Mm, awesome. So this is uh, this is great. It's been you know it's been around for a few years. It used to be a little bit more, but now they've reduced that cost. So this is ten dollars US per month. And basically, what happens is you get a card. It's like an FPOS card that you can only use in cinemas. Mm. You go in and swipe the card, and then 
the MoviePass company will pay for that ticket. So it is looking to revolutionise the way we see movies and getting out to theatres. So hopefully we see that in our cinemas here in Australia in the not-too-distant future. Now, just finally for me, before we head off to a quick break, a group of South Australian high school students have been crowned the world's best robot builders at the event dubbed the Robotic Olympics in the United States. So this was a, f- a global competition. It was the first of its kind. These were year 11 students from Trinity College in Adelaide. They were sent a kit. Almost a 1,000 schools got the same kit. They had to build a robot that would sort through different balls. So treated like water, they would be able to select either red or blue balls. The robot that did that successfully was then crowned the winner. And uh, these, these guys, well done. Congratulations. So we'll post a link to the full story on the show notes. I couldn't help but mention the fact that the esteemed leader of the United States, Donald Trump has been photographed viewing the total solar eclipse over there, which has sort of captivated the whole country and the world in a way, without any protective eyewear on, which is a little bit unusual. And I think his comment was not too bright. And then that's what the leading, some of the papers are saying about him. <laughs> so it happened overnight. And I've watched some of these, not the live streams, but the recorded streams yes. that, that happening. And look, it looked amazing. Yeah. Very dark. Yeah. Birds go quiet. Yeah. Lots of cheering. Lots 360 of 360 degrees, sunrise, sunset. Big um, excuse for a party basically yeah that's right I think they were trying to find there was a phenomenon called these snakes so there's this period just before the moon has come across and it's supposed to make the ground wiggle for like 10 seconds so maybe that's been caught I'll put links up if it has and then there's the diamond ring as the sun pops out from the total solar eclipse thanks for listening and head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media we welcome your feedback and suggestion for future shows